0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. If you'll take your Bibles, and let's go to 1 Samuel 23. 1 Samuel 23. A lot of focus is given to relationships, and as human beings, we know that we need those relationships, or we ought to know that. There was a song many years ago, the lyrics said something like this, the luckiest people in the world are are people who need people. The only problem, is the Bible teaches, that the only people in the world are people who need people. Uh, and God, in His great wisdom, has worked in such a way that when we believe on Christ, He places us into Christ's body. And that organism is an assembly of believers, and we are called to fellowship, uh, to cooperate with each other for the, for the sake of the cross and for the work of the Lord. But part of that fellowship, this is what the early church, uh, they continually were involved in fellowship and breaking of bread. But, but part of that is the privilege of friendship. You stop and think about who our triune God is. In the fact that God calls himself the friend of Abraham. Abraham was his friend. And you think about what Jesus said in John 15, where if we abide in the vine and, and, and all the blessings of that, and, and further down in the text there, the Lord says, and I will call you my friends. As a pastor, uh, through the years, it's been interesting to listen to men in the ministry and their thoughts about their interaction with the flock of God. Now, one thing that makes it easy is a pastor first has to remember that he is a sheep, too, okay? But there, there's been this hesitancy to befriend those in the assembly. And I'll, I'll just say tonight, I thank God for the friends I have a Good News. And I'm uh, not... Uh, not hesitant at all to talk about the friendship that we share together as fellow servants of the Lord. In fact, in my correspondence, I'll, I'll often uh, refer to our friendship and, and as fellow servants. And so relationships are important. However, much of what people call friendship, uh, what they refer to as love, isn't based on, about, on how God defines those things in the Bible. If you want to know how love and friendship work, all you have to do is study the life of Jesus Christ. Here's the Creator. Walking with men that He created and desiring to be their friends. In fact, even the night in the garden when Judas betrayed Him, what did the Lord say to him? He wasn't giving Judas a hard time. He was trying to draw, bring conviction to his heart. Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? But what did the Lord say before that, Fred? Hmm. And I believe what, what that illustrates is the heart of God. He wants that sweet fellowship with us. No one loved anyone like Jesus loves us. And so, when we think about friendship, again, we're reminded that Jesus didn't die for his friends. He died for his enemies to make them his friends. What an example. Therefore, the key element to biblical friendship is this. Think think with me. Friendship is not based on our need for others, but on their need for us. Again, friendship is not based on our need for others, though that certainly is a need, but on their need for us. For you young people that are here tonight, you children, if you will seek to meet the needs of others, it will transform your friendships. In fact, you'll have friends. However, if you're in a relationship or a friendship for what you can get out of it, You'll lose friends because you are really treating them like slaves. What you can do for me. Well, that's slavery. That's not friendship. Remember that Jesus, who is the friend of sinners, came not to be ministered unto, but to what? Minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So we need to understand that to be a good friend... Obviously, we need to be like Christ. At the same time, don't be discouraged if you struggle to be like Him. You can be by His Spirit all that He wants to uh, be through you to be a blessing and a genuine help in others' lives, to build them up, to edify them, to encourage them. Now, one of the best examples, in fact, it's my favorite example, other than the Lord, who's the perfect example. My favorite example of friendship in Scripture is the story of Jonathan and David. Uh, Every one of us as believers, when we read that story, uh, something in our heart just tugs and says, God, give me a friend like that. And so in chapter 23, look at verse 15. And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee. And that also Saul my father knoweth. And they too made a covenant, Before who? The Lord. Now understand, this was the right kind of friendship because it was centered around the Lord. And David abode in the wood and Jonathan went to his house. Now let's pause for a moment. Some background. When Jonathan goes to his house, where's the house? I heard it. It's the palace. Who's Jonathan? Stop. He is heir to the throne. The only thing is, God rejected Jonathan's dad, Saul. God asked uh, Samuel to anoint David. Jonathan, who fears and loves the Lord, knows, all right, because of my dad, I'm not going to be king. This is the anointed one to be king. And Jonathan determined with his whole being, I'm going to do everything to make sure David sits on that throne. Now, he didn't live long enough to see that happen, but listen carefully. He lived long enough to make it happen. Do you follow that? David made it to the throne in Israel because he had a friend who was genuinely a friend. Eight chapters later, their friendship would be cut short by a Philistine sword on Mount Gilboa. Jonathan will die up there with his brothers and his dad. But think of how opposite David and Jonathan were. David, a shepherd boy, who God had chosen to follow Saul as king, Jonathan the oldest son of Saul, next in line for the throne. For all practical purposes, David was Jonathan's enemy. He was a threat. How could they become the best of friends and have a model friendship that the Holy Spirit holds up as one of the greatest friendships in all of Scripture? Well, let's look closely at this friendship tonight in the time that we have left. I've entitled the message, A Model Friendship. A model friendship. The answer lies in five essential features found in every biblical, Christ-honoring friendship. Right? If you're going to be a friend that honors the Lord, these five essential features are what you are towards those that you claim to be your friends. I think this is so important because we throw that word around today, don't we? Friendship. So how many friends do you have on Facebook? Is that really friendship? Well, in some cases, perhaps in many cases, but in all those cases, I have 400 friends. No, you don't. All right. So What's involved? What are the essential features of biblical friendship? Here's the first one. A friend is anyone whose need I can meet, not one who meets my needs. Again, a friend is anyone whose need I can meet, not one who meets my needs. So look at verse 16. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood. Now in seeing David, Jonathan had everything to lose and nothing to gain. His dad, King Saul, had been hunting David for some time, and for anyone to help David was simply high treason. And by the way, we learn later that Saul wasn't fooled by Jonathan. So on one occasion when Jonathan and dad and and the royal family sit down to eat. David's not at his seat. David and Jonathan had uh, had cooked up a reason why David wasn't there. Made Saul mad. Dad got mad and tried to do to Jonathan what he had tried to do to David. You ladies, how would you like to be married to a guy that keeps putting javelin holes in your walls at home? He'd get mad, he'd lose it, and he'd start throwing things. Only they were weapons that could kill you. And he did that to Jonathan. Not only that, but David also stood in the way of wealth, popularity, position. All the things that the flesh, humanly, those are things that that the flesh seeks, but not Jonathan. Jonathan saw a need in David's life and was determined to meet the need. Jonathan's name means... Listen, the Lord has given. God gave Jonathan the dad he had and allowed the circumstances that brought Jonathan to this point. Jonathan rested in the fact that God is in control. God had given Jonathan all that Jonathan had needed to fulfill God's will for him. And he understood that God's will is to take what I have and help my friends accomplish God's will for them. He was willing to fulfill God's will for him and that was helping David get to the throne. Jonathan will go down in the scriptures one of the select few, think about this, where nothing negative is said about him in scripture. Have you ever thought about that? There are some of those individuals in Scripture that, I mean, just whatever you read about them, it's it's positive and God-pleasing. So it is with Jonathan. The Lord has given us all that we have. It's wrong to withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in the power of our hand to do it. And so you and I should be looking for friends or should not be looking for friends who are simply our kind of people. Uh, it's true. Birds of a feather flock together. You tend to what, attract what you are. I, I do the same. That, that's all part of relationships. But we need to look for needs that we can meet in the lives of others and then be a friend. See, what drew David and Jonathan to each other was, and this is amazing to me, was their fear and love for God which caused them to do great things for God. They trusted God to the point where, you want to talk about warriors who are willing to put their lives on the line? It's not just David and Goliath. It's Jonathan and an armor bearer willing to climb the side of a mountain and take on a whole Philistine garrison. Why? Jonathan tells you as he's climbing the side of that mountain. We'll see what God does here. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. Follow me. Let's see what God will do. And we, God wrought a victory that spread throughout, and the whole army of the Philistines was defeated. They were men who had an equal trust in God. That's what drew them to each other. But then, when it came to uh, their lives, as their lives unfold, they were there for each other to help each other fulfill the will of God. So a friend is anyone whose need I can meet, not one who meets my needs. Now the second feature of a biblical friendship is this. A friend encourages his friends in God. A friend encourages his friends in God. Again, look at verse 16. In Jonathan, you read on, they're strengthened his hand, David's hand, in God. And you'll see on on these various meetings that Jonathan will take David's mind back to what God has said and God's ability to deliver. Yes, David was the writer of praise psalms and the man after God's own heart. He even knew personally how to encourage himself in the Lord. We know that from 1 Samuel 30. When, when David's away, and remember, uh, the enemy comes in and burns the city of Ziglag, and, and they take uh, the spoil of the city, they take David's wives, his family, and the, and the uh, families of the other warriors, and, and everyone was so distraught that even David's own soldiers were talking about stoning him. Okay? What did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. But at the same time, I'm sure David was discouraged and perhaps even struggling with bitterness. Notice how Jonathan helped him. He didn't have a pity party for David, minimize David's problems, or set himself up as the solution. We, In the flesh, sometimes, as, as people who genuinely want to be a friend to somebody else, those are the kinds of things that we'll try. Not Jonathan. Instead, he strengthened David by turning David's focus to God and encouraging David to depend on the Lord. Perhaps Jonathan reminded David about what had happened with Goliath. The fact that God had anointed David uh, to be king. Now, how much do you and I encourage our friends with the works and the promises of God? That's true friendship. And by the way, if you're looking for friends, Good News Baptist Church is the place to be. Do people here do things that are unfriendly? Well, they certainly can't. But I'll tell you what, when, when, when you're down, when you're discouraged, when you need a note from somebody or a card or a call or a text, people just wanting to build you up and encourage you in the Lord, that happens here a lot, praise God. And Renee and I know that personally with just the recent loss of a, of a family member. I, I thanked the church a week ago for all your encouragement. We had another stack of cards again this week. You folks are, are such a blessing. But that's, you see a need, and you meet the need. That's what friends do. Life can dish out some pretty severe trials, but in those times, the promises and works of God are the encouragement that people need. How did God sustain David? Well, there were a number of ways. We, we see a number of ways that God took care of David, but don't forget that one of the key components of, For David to get to the throne was a good friend, a model friend. And so a friend encourages his friends in God. By the way, if the Spirit of God prompts you to to send somebody a note, send them a Bible verse, please do that. The greatest friend, our Lord, reminds us how to be a friend and encourage others in the Lord. Number three, a friend is someone with whom I share a deep common interest. Think about what drew David and Jonathan together. Yes, they were both great warriors. We've already commented on that. 1 Samuel 14 is more proof. They were also related as brother-in-laws. David was married to Jonathan's sister. However, their common interest that formed the cement of their relationship was their deep trust in God. Let me just pause here and say this. You want a good friend? You find people who trust the Lord and cannot be shaken because they trust the Lord. Those are the kinds of friends that you you want to have. A friendship will only be as strong as its common interest. And what it takes to draw a friend into that relationship is what it's going to take to keep that friend. So if it's some immoral passion That's what's going to have to continue to happen to keep the friendship. If it's money, I think the prodigal son, when he ran away from home, he initially had a lot of friends. Why? He had money. Uh, When the money ran out, he had other friends. They had curly tails. They said oink and they stink. But that's all he had left. So evaluate your own friendships to see if the interests of sports, career, music, material things, sensual pleasure are what attracts you to that other person. Now, while there is nothing wrong with having wholesome, similar interests with a friend, you might like the same sports team. (laughs) Okay, there are things that you ladies scrapbooking. Oh, you know, that's just, we just love to, Uh, To scrapbook. Okay, and that's great. Boy, there's a lot of talent in that too. I'm not minimizing it. It can be any of those things. But the Lord must be the deep common interest that you share. So here's another feature, fourth feature. We're almost done. A friend is someone committed to helping his friends reach God's highest potential for their lives. Let me say that again. A friend is someone committed to helping his or her friends reach God's highest potential for their lives. Back in chapter 23, look again at verse 17. Fear not, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee. I'm not going to let him find you. This was a cat and mouse uh, situation. David was hiding in places that you... You have to visit Israel and see those places to even comprehend what he was, where he was at and Getty and some of those places. He will not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel and I'm going to be second under you. Wow. From a human standpoint, the throne should have gone to Jonathan. But he reminds David that David would be Israel's next king. Why? Why? That was God's purpose for David. So it couldn't have been God's purpose for Jonathan. Jonathan was giving up his rights to help his friend succeed in whatever God had called his friend David to do. What a testimony. What a challenge to us, right? Jonathan's actions can only be defined by the selfless love in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Love seeks not her own Love is not preoccupied with its own things. It's preoccupied with what is best for others. And by the way, again, when it comes to friendships, you husbands and wives, you ought to practice this together all the time. What am I doing to help my wife reach her highest potential for God? What am I doing to help my husband reach his highest potential for God? And I'm committed to that. And I am seeking that. The Russian novelist Dostoevsky said this, quote, to love a person means to see him as God intended him to be, end quote. Now, what are you doing to help your friends reach their highest spiritual potential? It's not friendship again if what I'm doing with my friend is dragging them down spiritually, turning their focus away from God. Uh, stunting their spiritual growth, inhibiting their spiritual walk. That's not friendship. And then finally, here's the fifth feature, and we're done. A true friendship involves declared loyalty and commitment. A true friendship involves declared loyalty and commitment. Verse 18, 1 Samuel 23. The Bible says, And the two made a covenant before the Lord. this takes it to a whole different level, a a greater depth. In fact, to let you know just how foreign this is to modern thinking, people have read the account of David and Jonathan and seen statements like the love that they shared was greater than the love of a man for a woman, and because of their lack of spiritual sense and complete lack of understanding of what biblical friendship is, they've attributed to that that there was something nefarious going on between these two, which ought to make any Christian reading this, and who knows, sick to their stomach. That is so far from what was happening here. And again, it's partly due to the perversion of our age. But they made a covenant before the Lord. In other words, they verbalized before God their commitment to each other for God. This was a promise that inferred loyalty, declared support, protection. And David went away that day assured because he had a friend who already demonstrated that he could be trusted completely. Jonathan was a man who kept his word and was first loyal to God so that any of his friends knew that he'd also be loyal to them. Now, you and I must choose only friends whose lips and lives are truthful. Why? Because true friendship involves declared loyalty and commitment. Isn't that what marriage is based on? Marriage is the result of a covenant. We know from Malachi, but... but The glue, the cleaving part of that is involved right here. It's I am declaring loyalty and commitment before God in love to help my spouse reach their highest potential for God. Now sadly today even there and uh, this is something that as, as a pastor every wedding I do Trust me, this is in the back of my mind. These two are coming together, and usually it's a young couple coming together. Is this about their commitment to fulfill their own desires? Or is this a commitment to help each other reach their highest potential for God? And in a local assembly like this, we all get to stand back and we get to see their priorities and what's really true. And many times it's a burden. Once again, and I I say it's a burden as you watch, you get burdened. Once again, Jesus is the perfect example of a perfect friend. Here's what Jesus said in John 15, 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And what primarily had he made known to his disciples? I'm going up to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be delivered over. And I'm going to die. Why? Because the disciples could not reach their highest potential for God unless Christ fulfilled his sanctifying work. Our Bible is a declaration of loyalty and commitment from God to men to those who, men and women who will believe. So here's here's our conclusion. There are five, these are five essential features found in every biblical, healthy, fruitful friendship. Now how do these features line up with the friendships that you're trying to establish and maintain with others? I hope tonight we're looking at this matter of friendship through different eyes. Looking unto Jesus, that's the first step. But then the Lord gives us some of these other wonderful examples, and and in my mind, right at the top there, David and Jonathan. The more we're like the Lord Jesus, the more we'll be protected in our friendships, and the stronger our legitimate relationships will become. And what a difference our lives can make in another person's life for Christ if we're thinking this way. The poet said this, a faithful friend will say what's true although it causes pain. He's really thinking of your good and all you stand to gain. May we be godly friends. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the Thank you for listening If you have questions about your relationship with God Or you would like to know more About the ministry of Good News Baptist Church Please visit us online At goodnewsbaptist.org Or call us At 757-488-3241 We encourage you To share this message with others We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life.